Chapter Sixteen of With Cortez in Mexico. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. With Cortez in Mexico by George Alfred Henty. Chapter Sixteen A Treasure Room. Tis infamous, Kokama said as he paced up and down the room but what is to be done they hold him in their hands as a hostage in the heart of his own capital and among his own people and are capable of hanging him from the walls should a hostile movement be made against them you were right roger hawkshaw in warning us against these men they are without faith and honor thus to seize a host who has loaded them with presents who has emptied his treasuries to appease their greed, and who has treated them with the most extraordinary condescension. It is a crime unheard of, an act of base ingratitude, without a parallel. What is to be done? Roger was silent. Such a situation, so strange and unlooked for, confounded him. I should say, Cuitcatl burst out passionately, that every mexican should take up arms and annihilate this handful of invaders what though montezuma fall better that a monarch should perish than a nation besides montezuma has shown himself unfit to govern it is his weakness that has brought things to this pass think you that the white men could ever have advanced beyond the plateau of tlascala had all the forces of mexico barred the way think you that they could ever have entered the capital had it been defended with resolution one moment he flattered the strangers and loaded them with gifts the next he was ready to send his forces against them the cholulans had good reason for believing that he designed the annihilation of the whites if he did not actually order the attack upon them so on the seacoast had the chiefs believed that montezuma was really friendly to the whites would they ever have attacked them there are two courses open he might from the first have received the spaniards frankly and sent a mission to escort them honorably to the capital or he might have called upon every man in his dominion to take up arms and drive them into the sea he took neither it is he who has brought them here and it is better a thousand times that he should die than that ruin should fall upon the country my advice is that the troops be called out that messengers be sent to every city in the valley bidding them send in their contingent and that we march to aid the people of mexico to annihilate this handful of treacherous white men cacama was silent the advice was in accordance with his own feelings and temperament but the extreme reverence with which the Aztecs regarded their emperor paralyzed him. "'We shall see,' he said gloomily. "'In a short time we shall know why Montezuma thus tamely submitted to be made a prisoner. He may have some motives which we cannot fathom. I cannot believe him to be a coward. No Aztec monarch yet has ever shown want of courage.' Three or four days later, another event occurred which heightened the fury of the mexicans against the spaniards 
the cazique who had attacked the spaniards on the coast arrived at mexico accompanied by his son and fifteen other chiefs who had acted with them montezuma referred the matter to the examination of cortez the cazique admitted the part he had taken in the attack on the spaniards and did not seek to shelter himself under royal authority until sentence of death was passed on him and the other chiefs when they all declared that they had acted on the authority of montezuma they were condemned to be burnt alive in the space in front of the palace and this sentence was carried out not content with this cortez placed irons upon montezuma himself saying there could now be no longer a doubt as to his guilt after the execution was carried out montezuma was released from his fetters the news of this insult to their monarch created a profound impression upon the mexicans although they despised the weakness of a sovereign who appeared ready to suffer every indignity and yet to claim an appearance of courtesy and goodwill towards his oppressors the bolder spirits determined that the nation should be no longer humiliated in the person of its sovereign and that even should it cost montezuma his life an effort should be made to overthrow his oppressors as soon as the news of the execution of the seventeen nobles and of the indignity to montezuma was received cacama said to roger my friend i can no longer retain you here you have told me why you cannot have it proclaimed that you are of different blood to the spaniards and i quite understand your motives but there are two reasons why in that case you must for a time return to the capital my people would look upon me with scorn did i retain here as my friend one whom they regard as the countryman of the men who have so outraged us moreover you yourself cannot wish to stay you have told me that cortez has charged you to acquaint him with the state of feeling in the city and were you to remain here you would be placed in the painful position of either giving information which would ruin my plans or of deceiving the man whom you nominally serve i know that you would say nothing against me but should i fail and the spaniards triumph cortez would accuse you of being a traitor and you would be put to death by him therefore i think it in all ways best that you should return there for the present you will of course inform cortez that i have sent you back because the feeling against the white men on account of their treatment of the emperor is so great that i felt i could not protect you against their fury i quite agree with you cacama my position here has become a very painful one i abhor as much as you do the doings of the spaniards and am perfectly ready to avow that i belong to another nation and to join you in an enterprise against them but that as you have told me cacama said would cut off any chance of your ever being able to return to your own country i am ready to accept that roger said firmly in marrying your sister i shall become one of yourselves and am ready to cast in my lot with you altogether the prince was silent for a minute or two no roger i think that my plan is the best were you to do as you say the spaniards would be at once placed on their guard while save by the strength of your arm 
you could aid but little in any enterprise against them. Moreover, if you return to the Spaniards, I shall have the satisfaction that, if I fall and ruin comes upon my house, you will take care of my sister, and that my wife will also have a protector. For all reasons, therefore, it is better you should go. But if aught is to be attempted against the Spaniards, I will take care to give you notice, so that you can leave them in disguise, and come here, and so avoid their fate. Although Roger's own feelings would have led him to throw in his lot openly against the Spaniards, he saw that Cacama's plan was the best. The boat was ordered to be at once got in readiness, and after a painful parting with Amentia, who wept bitterly, Roger left the palace, and again accompanied by Cuitcatl, in order to ensure his safety across the lake, was taken over to Mexico. He at once sought the presence of Cortez, and though Marina explained to him that Cacama had sent him back, fearing that in the excited state of the population harm might come to him. He had, since he had been in Tezcuco, sent a letter across each day to Cortez, saying that all was tranquil there, that the young king was pursuing his ordinary round of court ceremonial, and was certainly, as far as he could learn, taking no steps whatever towards interfering with the affairs of the capital. Although the imprisonment of Montezuma had evidently made a painful impression upon him. Cortez asked him a few questions, and when he left the room said to Marina, "'That young fellow must be watched, Marina. He has been brought up with these people, and must to some extent feel with them. I know that he is a friend of yours, but see that you say nothing to him on public affairs. Let him be kept wholly in the dark as to our plans and intentions.' This Kakama is, next to Montezuma, the most powerful and important of the Aztec chiefs. He is young and energetic, and although he has been so badly treated by Montezuma, he resents our treatment of him. Had it been otherwise, he would probably, ere this, have made some propositions to us, through Sancho, for a closer alliance with us, on the understanding that the territories Montezuma has taken from him shall be returned. We must have Kakama's actions closely watched. There are other Aztecs who are willing enough to act as our spies, and who will keep us informed of what is going on. Hitherto their reports have agreed with Sancho's, but from his sending the young fellow back here, Kakama may now be intending to act against us. Kakama, indeed, lost no time in setting to work and began to form a league with many of the leading nobles to rescue the emperor and destroy the Spaniards. Montezuma's brother, Cuatlahua, and many others agreed at once to join him. But the greater part of the Aztec nobles hung back, upon the ground that they did not like to move in the matter without the orders of their emperor. Their refusal prevented any general rising taking place, and thus destroyed the last chance of Mexico retaining its independence. Cortez learned from his spies what was going on, and would have marched against Tezcuco had not Montezuma dissuaded him, telling him that Cacama was a powerful prince, and would certainly be aided by many other chiefs, and that the enterprise would be hazardous in the extreme. Cortez then endeavored to negotiate, 
but received a haughty answer from Kakma. He then tried threats, asserting the supremacy of the Spanish emperor. Kakama replied that he acknowledged no such authority. He knew nothing of the Spanish sovereign or his people, nor did he wish to know anything of them. Cortez then invited Kakama to come to Mexico to discuss their differences, but Kakama had no faith in Spanish loyalty, and he replied that when he did visit the capital, it would be to rescue it, as well as the emperor himself, and their common gods, from bondage. He should come, not with his hand upon his breast, but on his sword, to drive out the Spaniards who had brought such disgrace upon the country. While this had been going on, Montezuma had still further forfeited all claim to sympathy by the willingness with which he accepted the attentions of those who were, in fact, his jailers. They paid him all the outward marks of respect, pretending still to regard him as a powerful sovereign, and he, in return, was present at their exercises and sports, took the greatest interest in two ships they were building for navigation on the lake, and in all respects behaved to them as if they were his best friends. He now carried his baseness still further, and informed Cortez that several of the Tezcucan nobles were regularly in his pay, and that it would be easy through them to capture Kakama and thus break up the Confederacy. Cortez at once took means to carry out the suggestion. The traders invited Kakama to a conference at a house overhanging the lake near Tezcuco. Upon going there, he was seized by them, bound, placed in a boat, and carried to Mexico. He was there brought before Montezuma. In spite of the perils of his position, Kakama bore himself nobly. He boldly accused his uncle of foul treachery, and with the cowardice which he had betrayed since the Spaniards had entered his kingdom. Montezuma handed him over to Cortez, who ordered him to be loaded with fetters and thrown into a dungeon. The emperor then issued an order declaring that Kakama had forfeited his sovereignty by his rebellion, and that he therefore deposed him, and appointed a younger brother named Kuitkuatska in his place. The other leaders of the Confederacy were all seized by the orders of Montezuma in their own cities, and brought in chains to the capital, where they were imprisoned with Kakama. Upon Roger, the news of Kakama's arrest and imprisonment came like a thunderclap. He was in the habit of frequently seeing Malincha, who still retained the warm feeling of friendship for him that had originated at Tabasco, and with whom he often had long talks of their life in those days. But she had let no word drop as to the doings of Kakama. She had questioned him somewhat closely as to his relations with that prince, and he had made no secret to her of the fact that Kakama had promised him his sister's hand in marriage. As many of the Spaniards had already married the daughters of great caziques, this appeared to her natural, and she had congratulated him upon the prospect of an alliance which would bring him wealth and land, but had said that, for the present, it would not do to think of marriage, as it would be unsafe for him to leave the capital. When, therefore, Roger heard of the misfortune that had befallen Kakama, he was filled alike with surprise and consternation, 
and hurrying to malinche begged her to use her influence with cortez to spare the young prince's life i have already done so she said and he has promised that no blood shall be shed though the chiefs who have leagued themselves with cacama must all be imprisoned the safety of the army requires it no harm however shall befall cacama of that be assured i may tell you now that it has been settled that his brother kuakuitska shall be appointed lord of tezcuco in his place this will be done by a decree to-morrow malinche i must go at whatever hazard to warn cacama's wife and sister in order to give them the opportunity of leaving the palace before this young prince arrives pray obtain for me leave from cortez to go away for twenty-four hours you can tell him of the interest i have in the matter i will manage it for you malinche said but as your princess is also sister to the new king i see no reason for uneasiness she is devoted to cacama roger replied and would not i feel sure consent to remain in the palace with the usurper you had best advise her malinche said with a little nod of the head to disguise her sentiments and make the best of the matter it may make you know a good deal of difference in the amount of dowry you will get with her i am not greedy malinche roger said but the present is at any rate no time for talking of marriage most of the officers have married malinche said they may have done so but they are officers and can maintain their wives in all honor and respect and have apartments allotted to them here i have neither rank nor station and shall certainly not ask my princess to share my rough quarters as a soldier there is no hurry as i told you but a year ago malinche i am scarcely out of my boyhood and there will be plenty of time when matters settle down and we see what is going to happen to think of marrying i will go and speak to cortez at once and get leave for you but you had best disguise yourself well tezcuco will be in an uproar tonight for the capture of cacama will be known there ere many hours if it is not known already she soon returned with the required permission this time roger dressed himself in the attire of a traitor as being less likely to attract attention malinche again secured a boat for him and having dyed his face and hands he started at once as it would be dark before he reached tezcuco since montezuma had been captive in their hands there was no longer any fear of an attack being made upon the spaniards and the soldiers were now able to come and go through the town at pleasure upon landing roger at once made his way to the palace there was great excitement in the town the people were assembled in crowds discussing the news that had reached them and even at the palace gate the guards were careless of their duty and roger entered without question he hurried direct to the royal apartments an official who would have barred his way allowed him to pass at once when he recognized his identity when he entered he found a scene of grief and confusion the queen was extended upon a couch weeping bitterly while amentia and some of her ladies although themselves weeping were trying to console her the princess gave a cry of joy when she saw him and running forward threw herself into his arms you have heard the news she exclaimed cacama is lost 
these monsters will put him to death i can reassure you as to that roger said he is a captive but his life is not in danger malinche has interceded for him and cortez has promised that his life shall be spared a cry of gladness burst from all present i have other and less pleasant news to give you amentia roger whispered in her ear get rid of all these ladies my news must be for you only a minute or two later the queen dismissed her ladies the news i have to tell you roger went on is that tomorrow montezuma will issue a decree deposing kakama and appointing kuakuitska lord of tezcuco an exclamation of anger and indignation broke from the queen and amentia he cannot do it the latter exclaimed passionately it is beyond his power the emperor has a voice in the council but beyond that he has no power to make or unmake the lords of tezcuco at the present moment roger said gravely he has got the spanish power at his back or rather he is but the mouthpiece of the spaniards they are the masters and care nothing for the law or usages of your country the tezcucans will not receive kuakuitska amentia said everyone knows that he is weak and cowardly and of late he has been at mexico dancing attendance on the spaniards they will never receive him the queen raised her head from the couch we must not build on that amentia he comes sent here by the whites and when mexico dares not rise against them you may be sure that the people here will not dare to provoke their anger besides who have they to lead them was not Kakama betrayed by his own nobles? Let us send for Kuitcatl and hear what he advises us. Kuitcatl, on his arrival, was so thunderstruck on hearing that Montezuma had so debased himself to the Spaniards as to depose his own nephew, whose only fault was patriotism, and who had been endeavoring to effect his rescue, that he was for a minute or two speechless with indignation. The gods have indeed deserted us, he said, when they have turned a monarch, who was considered brave and honorable, into a base slave. May their vengeance fall upon him. May the curse of our ruined country descend upon the man who is the real author of our misfortunes. Do you think, Kuitcatl, Amentia asked, that the people will receive this usurper? I fear indeed that they will do so, he replied montezuma has appointed him and montezuma's name still has power at any rate it will afford them an excuse for submission besides how could they fight when so many of their own nobles are treacherous doubtless kakama will not be the only victim and montezuma will at the orders of the spaniards disgrace all who have acted with him then what would you advise us to do we are both resolved that we will not wait the coming of this usurper. My house is at your service, Kuitcatl said. It lies, as you know, near the foot of the hills, and whatever strife may go on here, its quiet is little likely to be invaded. Kuitkuitska will not concern himself at present with you, nor would he venture to take any hostile steps against you, for did he do so, it would excite a storm of indignation as to you princess as his own sister and of the royal blood you could if you liked stay here as at present 
and indeed were it not that i am sure you would not leave the queen i should advise you to do so for you might then act in the interests of kakama should you see an opportunity amentia shook her head no she said brother though he is i would not bend my head before a usurper while kakama lives when do you think we had better leave here i should say it were best to leave at once kuitcatl replied i will order three or four litters to be prepared for yourselves and say two of your most trusted attendants bathalda will find in the town men on whom he can rely to take you in this way none here will know where you have gone i will have the litters in readiness at a short distance from the palace and you can then issue out by the garden gate unobserved i shall of course myself escort you what shall we take with us kuitcatl i will get in addition to those who carry the litters five or six porters these i will bring up through the gardens to the private door and roger and i will carry down to them such parcels of your clothes as you may make up i should then make up two large caskets with your own jewels those of kakama and some of the most valuable stones and jewels from the royal treasury leaving all the royal ornaments worn on state occasions so that the usurper will not know that any have been abstracted i would rather take nothing but my own and kakama's personal jewels the queen said the contents of the whole treasury are his by rights and you must remember madame that jewels may be very useful to you you will have to work for kakama and unhappily there are many who are not insensible to bribes and the possession of valuable jewels may enable you to be of great assistance to the king i did not think of that the queen said yes you are right there is a hoard stowed away by the late king and by his father before him its existence is known only to my husband and myself i have never seen it but kakama tells me that it is of immense value and was to be used only in case of an extreme emergency and danger to the state we can take what we choose from this separate hoard and kuakuitska will find from the list in the hands of the chief of the treasury that the royal store is untouched that will be vastly better indeed kuitcatl said it is well that he should have no possible cause of complaint against you where is this hidden receptacle before i show it to you i will send all our attendants to bed save the two we will take with us my own maid and amentia's i will be going roger hawkshaw will help you kuitcatl said it will take some time for bathalda to get the litters and the men it is now ten o'clock in three hours the litters shall be outside the little gate of the garden and i will bring six porters to the private door at the foot of the stairs that will be enough the queen said two will be ample for our garments and you and roger hawkshaw can take the jewels which when we start can go in the litters with us kuitcatl left the two ladies who were to accompany the party were then called in and informed of what had taken place and that they had been chosen to accompany the queen and princess in their flight tell all the others the queen said that we are overcome with the news we have received and will dispense with all further attendance except your own for the night when all is quiet 
make up your jewels and such clothes as you may wish to bring in bundles then go to the wardrobe room and make up two bundles each as much as a man can carry of my garments and two of the same size of those of the princess take all our jewels out of the caskets and put them in with our clothes when the two waiting ladies had retired the queen said to roger now come with me and we will open the treasure closet the palace was by this time hushed and quiet the greater part of the courtiers had long since left having hurried away to their homes when the news came of cacama's arrest and the remainder had gone to friends in the town or neighborhood as it was thought probable that the spaniards might at once send a force to take possession of the palace and arrest all found there taking some keys from a strong coffer in cacama's room and bidding roger take a torch from the wall the queen led the way to the royal treasury a massive door was first unlocked and in a large room were seen ranged vessels of gold and silver strong boxes containing gold necklaces armlets and other ornaments while on lower shelves were bars of gold and silver ready to be worked up they passed through this room into another the same size around it ran deep shelves in which were piled the treasury papers with the accounts of the royal revenues and the tributes paid by the various cities and villages and landowners of the kingdom in one corner stood a small cupboard of about four feet high also filled with papers the queen put her hand inside and touched a small spring at the back now she said to roger pull at that corner of the cupboard he obeyed her instructions and at a vigorous pull the cupboard which had appeared solidly embedded in the wall swung round on one of its angles nothing however was to be seen save a bare wall behind it now roger hawkshaw take your dagger and cut away that plaster for it is but plaster though it looks like stone roger obeyed the task was an easy one for the plaster was but half an inch thick and came off in flakes showing a massive copper door three feet six in height and three feet in width behind it no keyhole was visible press upwards against the lintel the queen said that will release the catch of the door roger did so and at the same moment pushed with his shoulder against the door and it swung round with ease do you enter first with the torch and we will follow the queen said roger found himself in a room about twelve feet square at the farther end was a pile of gold bars four feet deep and as much high extending right across the room on the floor along the other two sides were ranged a number of large chests open these the queen said the gold is of no use to us the chests were full of manufactured gold ornaments many of them studded with jewels roger was astounded at the amount of wealth thus stored away cacama told me the queen said that even the treasure-houses of montezuma are poor in comparison to the treasure his grandfather and father stowed away here and i can well believe it you have not opened that small chest yet this was opened and was found to contain a number of bags which were full of pearls turquoise and other precious stones of large size and immense value we will take this chest away as it stands the queen said 
it would be awkward to carry roger objected it is very heavy and its shape would tell at once that it contained valuables the contents do not weigh many pounds and could easily be wrapped up in a cloth and put into one of the litters without exciting observation if you will allow me i will go back to one of the sleeping-rooms and fetch two or three thick rugs he hurried away and in a few minutes returned the bags were transferred from the chest to one of the rugs he had brought which was then wrapped round and tied into a bundle on two other rugs were placed heaps of necklaces and other ornaments from the larger chests until each contained as nearly as roger could guess by lifting them some sixty pounds weight of gold ornaments these were similarly tied up and the three bundles were then carried out from the hidden room and conveyed to the apartment they had before left roger then went back to the treasury closed the copper door swept up and placed in a rug every particle of plaster and then swung the cabinet back into its position where it fastened with a loud click so firmly was it fixed that although roger tried with his whole strength it did not shake in the slightest and the work was so admirably done that from the closest inspection he was unable to discern aught that would have shown that the cabinet was not built into the wall he then returned to where the ladies were waiting him the queen urged him to take two or three of the bags of jewels but this he absolutely refused to do i am acting as kakama's friend he said and as the promised husband of his sister and i should feel myself degraded indeed were i to receive even one of those jewels but there is no saying when we shall meet again the queen said there is no knowing what terrible events may occur whatever occurs lady i shall see you again if i live roger said if not of what use are the jewels to me at the appointed hour cuitcatl returned all is in readiness he said the two attendants were summoned from the apartments where they had been waiting roger and his friend first carried down the bundles of clothing and then took up the rugs containing the heavy gold ornaments roger taking in addition the small parcel with the jewels the attendants then took up their own bundles and the whole party proceeded downstairs and out into the garden cuitcatl led the way with the queen roger followed with amentia the two ladies with the porters came behind how strange roger said last time i came at night through this garden i was a fugitive and you came down to bid me farewell now it is you who have to fly when shall we meet again the girl sobbed i cannot tell you dear but if i live we will meet again things may right themselves yet and at least whatever happens to this unfortunate country we may be happy together i have a good friend in malincha and if the spaniards conquer cortez will certainly give me leave to marry you it is his policy to marry his soldiers to the daughters of mexicans if cortez fails and the spaniards are finally driven out cacama will recover his own again and can then proclaim that i am not of spanish birth and can give you to me so you see that whatever comes there is hope that things will go happily with us i am afraid roger i fear there is to be no happiness in this unfortunate country then we must leave it together roger said cheerfully 
you are naturally depressed now and see things in their darkest light but you will grow more hopeful again when you are once established in Cuitcatl's home arrange with him for bethalda to act as messenger between us he is faithful and brave and will manage to reach me whatever comes of it a few minutes later they were beyond the gardens the four litters stood ready the queen and princess and the two ladies took their seats in them and the three bundles of valuables were also placed inside i shall love you i shall love you until death amentia sobbed out and then the procession moved away leaving roger standing by himself skirting the outside wall of the garden he made his way to the shore of the lake he found the boatmen asleep in their canoe as soon as he aroused them they seized their paddles and on his taking his seat pushed off there is no occasion for speed he said it is but two o'clock now and it is of no use our reaching mexico until daybreak for the gates of the palace will be closed and there will be no getting in dressed as i am until sunrise they therefore paddled quietly across the lake often resting for a considerable time and so arranging that they approached the city at the same time as a number of market boats from the villages on the lake well malinche asked with a smile as he met her in one of the courts as he entered and where is your lady love i have not brought her here he said rather indignantly you did not suppose that i was going to bring her back to a barrack-room i am not an officer to have a suite of apartments to myself besides if i could have had the whole palace to myself i should not have asked her to forsake her sister-in-law in her distress the two have fled together and when the usurper arrives there to-day he will find that no one knows where they have gone however i hope he will not trouble himself about them after having taken kakama's place he could hardly wish to have kakama's wife there and i think he will be very glad when he hears that she has left can i see kakama i should like to tell him that his wife is in safety i will take you with me malinche said i saw him yesterday when he was brought before montezuma he is a gallant prince and i grieve that misfortune has befallen him malinche led the way to the prison-room where kakama was confined the sentries at the door passed her and her companion without hesitation for they knew that her influence was supreme with cortez and that orders did not apply to her i will come again for you in half an hour she said as the sentry unbolted the door kakama was lying on a couch covered with rough mats he sat up as the door opened and leaped to his feet with an exclamation of satisfaction when he saw who his visitor was i have been longing to see you roger he said i knew that you would come to me as soon as you could have you heard that montezuma has deposed me and appointed kuikuitska lord of tezcuco i heard it yesterday afternoon kakama and crossed at nightfall to tezcuco with the news you saw my wife kakama asked eagerly how is she how does she bear the blow she was lost in grief when i first arrived there but the necessity for action aroused her she and amentia agreed that they would not await the coming of the usurper to-day they left the palace secretly under the charge of cuitcatl who had litters in readiness for them 
and started for his house, which he placed at their disposal. None save two attendants, whom they took with them, knew that they had left, and should the usurper seek for them, which Cuitcatl agreed with me, is not likely to be the case, as he will have enough to occupy his time and thoughts, it will be long before he can find whither they have gone. I must tell you, prince, that the queen last night opened the secret treasury, and took with her a considerable amount of the gold ornaments and the precious stones, so that she should have the means, if opportunity occur, of offering bribes either to the nobles of Tezcuco or to your guards here. I would I were free but for an hour, Kakama said passionately. I would make an example of the treacherous nobles who betrayed us. The queen has done well in going to the secret chamber. It was to be kept for an emergency, and never was there a greater emergency for Tezcuco than now. Still, there were a large number of jewels in the public treasury which she might have taken without breaking in upon the hoard. She thought that Kuakuitska would, on his arrival, inquire from the chief of the treasury if everything was untouched. If he had found that a large number of valuables had been taken, he would connect it with the flight, and would at once send in all directions to overtake them. Whereas, if he found that everything were untouched, he would think no more of her. Quite right, Kakama agreed. Yes, it was certainly better to open the secret chamber. It was closed up again, I hope, for I would not that all the treasure which my father and grandfather stored away should be wasted by Kuakuitska or fall into the hands of his greedy friends, the Spaniards. Roger informed him of the steps that had been taken, and that, with the exception of the fact that the plaster had been removed, all was exactly as before, and that the entrance could never be discovered unless the cupboard was torn from its place. There is little fear of that being done. All the shelves and fittings of the treasury are of the plainest wood, and offer no inducement to anyone to take the trouble to break them down. The treasury might be sacked a dozen times without its occurring to anyone to break down that small cupboard in the corner. Roger now told Kakama of the arrangement that had been made that Bathalda should act as messenger between himself and Amentia, and said he doubted not that, on the following day, the man would present himself. "'Have you any message to send to the queen?' he asked. "'Tell her that I am well, and that I am delighted to hear she has left the palace before Kuakuitska arrives. Bid her on no account to try to stir up the false nobles in my favor. They would only betray her to Montezuma. And so long as the Spaniards are masters here, it is useless to think of revolt elsewhere. I do not believe that this will last long. The Mexicans are patient and submissive, but there is a limit, and Montezuma has almost reached it. The time cannot be far off when the people will no longer endure the present state of things here, and when they rise, they will overwhelm these Spanish tyrants, and then I shall be freed. I can wait for a few weeks, and I shall doubtless have companions here ere long. The door now opened, and Malincha, looking in, told Roger that he must leave, as she was required by Cortez, saying good-bye to Kakama, therefore, 
he returned to his quarters. End of chapter 16